Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It depicted a view from the... It did. It did. It did. It did. It did. What? Wait. Oh. Wait. <laughs> hey, Allie girl. Hey, beautiful. Guess what? What? We are. Eee, I'm so excited. Axel just looked at you like, what was that noise? I know. He was like, mom, knock it the fuck off. I'm napping. How I'll- dare we interrupt his beauty sleep? I know. I know. But magic, he's back in the original gang. We're here with our mascot. We're together. Life is good. Static is locked up. But everything else is amazing. Static is locked up. <laughs> Life is not good for me. Poor Shmistala is in the other room and he's like, I fucking hate recording days. I have to be in a timeout. This is terrible. <laughs> Which is so many times because he's so naughty. Hello, how are you today? I am good. How was your weekend so far? So far, it's been uh, a roller coaster, but I'm just taking it as it comes. I'm I'm taking the blessings where they are. And so, yeah, my weekend's been good so far. Just not what I expected. How's yours been? It was good. Had the first night out since July. Whoa. Yeah. Love that. Date night? Yep. I literally have not been around people since July, aside from grocery shopping. So And me. No, not me right? You've been out. I have. Have you? No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not included in that. It's really been since July? Yeah. <gasps> oh my god, I haven't seen you since July. It just sat in. When was no. that? When was I? Yeah. I'm done with this. Carry on. I have not been out in public other than grocery <laughs> shopping since July. <laughs> Welcome to the world. You know how there's a pandemic? <laughs> this is just about me. I'm just so selfish. It's just about me. <laughs> How was your experience out in the world? Does it look worldly? There were other people in it. Are there? There are. So many of them, too. Indeed. You know what I really like about other people, though? Hmm. There's a lot of taboo things to talk about with other people. I didn't talk to any other people. I literally just drop our shit all the time. Shout out to Logan. I met Logan at the gym, and I was like, girl, I love your hair. And she was like, thank you. And I was like, this is weird, but do you like podcasts? And she was like, yes. And I was like, I have one. Be my friend. And I just do that all the time now. I literally do that to everybody all the time. I sit down at like at a bar and the bartender asks me my drink and I ask them their name and I'm like, do you like podcasts? I just ask everybody. I really do. And I'm getting really great feedback from it, which I'm like really excited about. And again, Logan, my girl, I just love it. So that is what I enjoy about the world. The only thing really. Everything else can fuck off. You and our listeners are why our podcast is growing. I just show up. (laughs) You do so much. I don't even want to hear that. Mm, Okay. Speaking of listeners, if you're new here, welcome. Welcome. I'm Allie. I'm Celeste. The beautiful, beautiful woman sitting across from me in person. 
Um, also the beautiful, 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 beautiful woman sitting across from me in person. You said beautiful. I did because you're wearing a blue shirt and you're drinking a blue Powerade and there's lots of blue happening and I couldn't help it. My hair's purple though. You are beautiful. <laughs> you are with purple hair. I love the purple. I have blue hair right now, so still beautiful. Also beautiful. Excellent. Love this. I love that we also did this again with the shirts. I know. I love when we wear taboo shirts on accident, but on purpose. It makes me so happy. But we also end up wearing the same taboo shirts, like the same style. That's true. We do. But that's our telepathy. Did I just say taboo shirts? I didn't even say our brand. Taboos shirts. That's what you said. We are we are taboos. I think I said taboo and not taboos. I heard you say plural. Hi again, dear listeners. If you're new, this is just the shit show. Welcome. (laughs) Hi, we work here. It's fine. We, aside from making asses of ourselves, discuss taboo topics. Both we're very good at. Typically with drinks in hand. Not today, though, because it's uh, 1049 in the morning, and we are not feeling very alcohol-y right this second. So today, our beverages are non-boozy. Nope. When I went out last night, I had a alcoholic beverage that was larger than my head. And... On accident, though. Yes, very much on accident. You guys, I am terrible with dimensions of any sort. Counting is her weakness. Yes. Please don't hire me for (laughs) any sort of construction project. And uh, Construction project. Well, I am not hungover. I just cannot stand the thought of an alcoholic beverage this early in the morning felt i don't have that i'm just drinking water because i like water so thank you powerade for providing my sustenance right now thank you powerade appreciate you would appreciate you more if you sponsored us though all that (laughs) so would you like to know what we're talking about today i would absolutely love to except i need to acknowledge that i love your face and i'm so excited that you're here in person right now because i cannot believe i'm looking at you this is like a fangirl moment i'm so excited You do realize we were together just a couple weeks ago. Stop talking to me about it. It's been a long time. Okay. feel like you're stuck in some weird time vortex. (laughs) It's possible. Time doesn't exist in COVID. It's real. You do realize that we get together outside of this podcast. Allie, I know. But I get most excited to see you in this environment because we get to do the things. We get to learn and be together at the same time. Do you know how cool that is? I mean, that's what we do anyway, but we're recording it, so I get to experience it over and over. (laughs) I just love you. Let me do that. Noted. So what are we talking about today? I'm so excited. We are going to be talking about the way that selfie dysmorphia, otherwise known as just using editing filters in social media apps, has impacted our society. I fucking love that. I'm here for it. I will be the first to admit that I use a filter all the fucking time just because I like the way that it makes my skin look, right? I mean, I'm pretty good at my makeup, so it's not like to enhance my makeup. I don't use those like, um, I'm not judging. I'm just saying I don't use them. The face tune or whatever it's fucking called. I don't use those. I just use the basic ass bitch filters in Snapchat. But real, totally. I'm a, I'm going to admit that right here. Mm-hmm. And I don't use any of them because I don't have any sort of social media, anything that does that. So uh, like you took a picture of us a while back. That was the first time I've ever seen a filter on my face and I was totally shocked by it. But I am a photographer and have done editing before, so I'm familiar with photo editing for facial features, obviously. I think that that's really important that you call out also is that you are a photographer because 
I think that that brings a little bit more context to this conversation of you are so good and you're so talented as a photographer. Like, I really need everybody to hear me say that Allie is one of the best photographers I've ever worked with. I've ever seen her work is incredible. But I think that that's important for this conversation because you're so used to and you create such beautiful work using raw subjects. You don't have the ability to capture a subject with a filter on. So you are so accustomed to seeing the face in its natural state, right? That that and you create beautiful work that way. I think that that's an extra important piece to call out because we're talking about not natural faces. And even though they might look natural, obviously they're not. You have a a keener eye to that than probably most people. So I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited to hear where you took this and learn and all the things. Yeah, thank you. I definitely think that being a photographer and being used to seeing those tools, you can point out photo editing where it occurs a lot more effectively. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And honestly, I I recognize that I only look for the filter flaw now because of you. Like when I see a picture and I'm like, wow, if only I could look like that, right? Because that's that's what we all tell ourselves. When I see pictures like that, I immediately think of you and I challenge myself to, to do what you do and find the flaw. Find the area that the force field broke and you can see the warp. I do that now because of you. So thank you for giving me that sight. I only use it when I choose to because I, I don't want to diminish the beauty of what I'm seeing and the what what somebody else put out there. So I, I don't do it all the time, but I appreciate that when I believe something is too good for me, that I can find the flaw and just assure myself it's not real. And then I find comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And we'll actually dive into that a bit more within Ooh, this. I'm so excited. So of course, we're going to start off with some history. Let's do it. This is primarily from fixthephoto.com. This is a little bit of information on photography just because really we have to start at the beginning. So yeah, take me to the starting line, baby. The first photo ever was created by Joseph Nisifor Nipsey using the camera obscura onto a tin plate covered with a thin layer of searing asphalt in 1826. Whoa. Yep. It depicted a view from his workshop window and was created after being in continuous direct sunlight for eight hours. Oh my god. Can, can we just acknowledge, I know we're going to talk about it, but how far pictures have come. I know it's crazy. The first color photo was created by James Clerk Maxwell, who combined three different images with different color filters to get the photo. Ooh, I've seen that picture, mm-hmm. and it's really cool, especially considering the time in which it came from is really, really cool. So the main production of photos on paper began in 1869 when Jay Swan opened up the first production of gelatin-based halogen silver photo paper, which is still used today as the main element in the production of photo paper. In in 1880, the Eastman Dry Plate Company was formed by George Eastman, later to be renamed Kodak in 1888. It feels so weird to know that Kodak has been around that long. It is, but also shout out to 1969. That wasn't mentioned anywhere in here. You said 1969 was the first before the Kodak thing was... That was 79. I got excited. Okay. Okay, but let's go back to talking about Kodak. <laughs> they released their own camera brand that same year in 1888. Welcome to 1888. Shout out to 1888. In that year, Eastman received a patent for a portable camera that housed roller film, and in 1889, mass production of that film began. Oh my god, 
I can hear the click. I can smell the smell. I can feel the camera in my hand. I can do all of it. Shout out to fucking 90s babies. We've all been there. Yep. In 1975, Stephen Sassoon, who was a Kodak engineer, designed the first digital camera to be introduced to the public, which had 0.1 megapixels for resolution, and the industry grew from there. What is 0.1 megapixels equate to, like, on a on a quality perspective? I have no idea. You could probably print a 4x6 from it. Okay. Okay. So. Cool. That's really cool. I could be totally wrong, but I'm guessing you could. It would have to be what it was, because roller cameras at that point did print right like you could take the film directly so it would have had to at least have been the quality of that if not better i'm not saying i i'm gauging the quality i'm just saying in order to be competition with a roller camera it probably would have had to been in the same neighborhood well at that time it's not really about competition it's about this is where it's going to go that's fair that's fair the building block, the first prototype. Okay, I'm back to my question of I would just be curious what the quality of that imagery would be. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for walking me through that, though, and for helping me wrap my head around that. Yep. Shout out to my first digital camera. I remember the first digital I was exposed to had, like, this little, like, centimeter by centimeter screen. Yep. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yep. So as far as editing and photo manipulation goes, obviously it was still occurring back in paper time. Before digital camera became a thing, retouching was already very predominant. It was extremely complicated and expensive, so only the richest photographers could afford to slightly alter their images. That's crazy that now literally anyone can do it in their hand. Mm -hmm. William Henry Fox Talbot patented the calotype in 1841, which is the photographic process that creates a negative from which multiple copies could then be generated. His colleague, Calvert Richard Jones, then used this method five years later to show how it could be used in practical photo manipulation by removing an entire person from a photo he took of a group of monks by painting over them on the negative. So not only was imagery touching already having to be done on specialized equipment to be able to shine the light through the negative, the landscape for retouching was already moving to a new level as well. A few things that were expected to help ensure accuracy in the edits were placing their desks in front of a north-facing window as light on the north side was less changeable, and making a test print to determine which parts of the image required correction. For incredibly detailed work, etching, which was a process using a blade similar to the surgeon's scalpel, was preferred to that of Sullivan's or paints or pencil. As it was a very delicate process, however, only very skilled retouchers did it. So I looked at examples of etching. They would literally shave pounds off of people during etching. What? Yeah, the the amount of retouching and the skill of these editors was incredible. I can't even imagine. I imagine holding film and a scalpel and I'm already fucking that up because mm -hmm. those two things don't go together. Yeah. And it's crazy because so many of the very famous photos of those times were very, very edited. Yeah. Even just so much as like lightened and darkened. Which can make a huge difference to a picture. Yeah, there's a very famous photo of James Dean that would look completely different if it hadn't been edited. And there's one of Audrey Hepburn that's the same way. That's insane and so cool and so fascinating and also makes me feel like we've been lied to our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Really seriously. Yeah. And actually, uh, I'll probably end up using some of them as um, previews for the episode because what they could do seriously was like magic. Oh my God. I'm so excited and so pissed off about it at the same time. <laughs> 
Taking it out of the paper editing world and into the digital editing world one were several different editing softwares, the most recognized one today being Photoshop, which was released in 1990, and of course, the rest is history. So in this research, I actually found out that Photoshop or Adobe isn't exactly happy that the term Photoshopped is a thing. I was going to say, I think that that's really interesting that that's one of those brands that has taken over as a verb now, like, or, or the way that Kleenex is called Kleenex, even though it's not, it's facial tissue, like, Mm -hmm. like branding is so legitimate, right? But now, now that Photoshop has become a verb, I think that that's really interesting. And I was going to make that comment even before you had made the comment that they're upset. I just didn't realize, like, I actually thought that they'd be really proud of that to a degree because truly... Or is it that they're not because people aren't using Photoshop to Photoshop? It's because when it's used, it's generally a negative connotation. Okay. So you can tell when an image has been shopped, yes. per se. Yes. Okay. I feel that. I hear you. I agree. I do. I also, though, recognize, like, as I look at our pictures, like our dear everybody who's not in my house, I'm pointing at my every space of my house that's filled with pictures. And I recognize, like, some of these photos have been shopped, but it's be- it's because we had to cut something out or we had to add, like, our upside down picture. Like, had you added leaves to the ground? Like, I'm not saying you did, but cool if mm-hmm. you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, photoshopping isn't always a bad thing. Yeah, agreed. So I just think that that is a connotation that everybody needs to recognize, especially when using the word. Yeah, that image looked nothing like that in the camera. I know, because I had like, you could see my my vagina bump in that picture. Okay, dear everybody, we're talking about a picture where I'm doing a backbend and I'm kissing Tiny. And it's a great picture. It's literally my favorite. And I know for a fact that that picture didn't look anything like, not anything. It You captured us, but the quality of the picture, the tone, the color, the sky. I recognize that you brightened us in areas. You reshaped my body specifically because I asked you to in areas. like, And yet it's still the most beautiful picture I have. I use it on everything. It's my favorite picture of us. I love that. I'm glad. But I'm saying thank you to you for being the photographer and the editor, but also to Photoshop for giving me my favorite fucking picture of us. Mm -hmm. That picture's timeless to me. I look at her and I still see her. Sometimes I forget how old she is in that picture. Yeah. Because I look at her and I see her. I don't see her as three years old or four years old in that picture. She's just her and I'm just me. So that picture will live on forever in that way for me. And that's because of Photoshop and you. Yep. So shout out to you and Photoshop. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. As far as editing paper photos Mm -hmm. back in the day, it was with famous more rich cultured society and it became more heavily perpetuated within our times with the editing of Hollywood stars on magazine covers and the explosion of the obsession of those stars in Mm -hmm. our lives. People want to emulate the perfection that they think those stars have. So I think about the teen magazines Mm -hmm. that would show up in our lives or even magazines like Good Housekeeping and stuff. So... I also think that um, I just had this thought as I was as I was thinking about that because the fascination and the obsession with monopolized beauty is what I'm going to call it is not new. That's been around forever, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how that's literally how marketing and branding started. I'm thinking back to like fucking Avon ladies, right? This has been around for a long time. But what I really think about is. Let's just, I'm, I said Avon, so I'm kind of in the 50s in my brain. At that time, there were like three flavors 
of things as a woman, right? We're women. So there were like three flavors of things you could be as a woman. Yeah. So really everyone had the same idols. Everyone had the same style. Everyone had the same flavor. You could maybe take your own twist on it, but seriously, it wasn't as expansive as it is now. So now when you see monetized beauty, you could have a monetized beautiful athlete. You could have a monetized beautiful scientist or artist or musician like there are so many flavors of people now that have been given a platform which i love i love that because we need more flavors of people we need to see color we need to see different people being different but i really appreciate what you're saying in the sense of now this concept of all these other flavors has been perfected in a way that's not real and it's drawing in people based off of a lie yeah exactly so this kind of brings us to the dawn of the selfie selfies i love selfies jk lol but i take a lot of them and i am the exact opposite as is everything in our friendship so this is all directly from allure.com 1990 the dawn of perfectionism the advent of adobe photoshop ushers in a new frontier for image manipulation pascal dangan who founds his digital imaging company box studios in 1996 is perhaps the most notable practitioner of the art of retouching helping to create a new standard of photographic perfection that transcends reality but just slightly it is known that everybody does it but they protest Dangig tells a reporter in 2008, The debate about the ethics of image editing looms throughout the decade, but post-production becomes the norm as non-photographers accept digitally smoothed over zits and sculpted arms. The first commercial camera phone in North America arrives in 2002, a Japanese Sanyo model serviced by Sprint. Shout out to Sprint. 2006, the MySpace pick. The MySpace. Oh my god, fucking MySpace. MySpace was the shit. It was. MySpace was cool as fuck. From 2006 to 2009, the term MySpace pic described an amateurish, flash-blinding self-portrait often taken in front of a bathroom mirror. Self-portraits shot with cell phones or selfies, cheap-looking evoking the MySpace era, became a sign of bad taste, quote The New Yorker 2013. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just digesting. Please keep going. I'm digesting. 2009, the early selfie period. We're getting the hang of this, we're learning our angles, we're contouring, and we think we are looking pretty good. We will eventually look back in horror. By 2013, the Oxford English Dictionary names selfie the word of the year, canonizing the term as a photograph that one has taken of oneself, especially one taken with a smartphone or webcam and shared via social media. 2013, the age of influence. Three years after Instagram's inception, the app's first ad in history is posted. A photo of a Michael Kors watch resting somewhere in Paris surrounded by macarons. Macarons? Macarons. I love macarons. Yep, probably the right word. Totally my favorite. I fucking get off on some macarons. Like legit ones though. The cheap nasty ones stay the fuck away from me. Costco, I love you, but please stop selling macarons. You're insulting me. I have no opinion or skin in the game here. Oh my god, you're fucking up. We gotta get you some macarons. The watch's square bezel is pointed at the viewer as if addressing them. The age of influence is long. Get used to the tablescapes. So basically, advertising enters social media with a bang, onward and upward. And that's where we get all the influencers showing up and selfies just kind of start flooding the airwaves. Or photo waves. Whatever waves. Internet waves? Web waves? What waves? There's waves, though. I definitely recognize that. I've just never thought about what kind of waves. Interesting. 
Hello, waves. Waving at the waves. Carry on. Let's go catch a wave, brah. You said brah. I said brah, not bro. You didn't even bro me. You brought me. This makes me so happy. You used to skate. I'm allowed to use that term. Yeah, you're allowed to use that term. Fuck yeah. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Here's where some more fun editing came into the fray. From MediaBlaze.com, on September 15, 2015, Snapchat gave its users a gift they never knew they needed, the ultimate <laughs> selfie booster. Real. Real. Thank you, Snapchat. <laughs> I never knew I needed. Snapchat introduced its latest feature, allowing users to send each other photos with animated filters that responded to their facial movements. But, as it turns out, even the simplest of facial filters makes pretty substantial changes to someone's appearance. While wearing the flower crown filter, artificial intelligence is not only used to track and fit a head accessory, but it also instantly smooths skin, contours cheekbones, and brightens eyes. On that note, as far as filters and face editing goes, Facetune 1 and 2 was downloaded 50 million times as of 2018 since its release in 2013. Whoa. In 2017, it was Apple's most popular paid app. That's a sustainable business plan. Holy fuck. Approximately 70% of Facetune users are women. That's not surprising, but I have thoughts on that, and we should talk about that at some point. And here are some mental repercussions. Ready. So this has caused selfie or Snapchat dysmorphia. It's a term that has been coined by... A cosmetic doctor, Dr. Tijian Isho. Not only is it a danger to a perception of oneself, it is especially harmful for those suffering from body dysmorphic disorder, which is a mental illness characterized by obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in appearance. This actually affects one in every 50 people, so it's not an uncommon disorder by mm-hmm. any means. And if you think about it, you take that disorder and then put something as dangerous as filters that are literally on everything that yep. normal people use. I don't know. I It's just going to exacerbate that problem times a thousand. Yeah. I mean, really, seriously, you're already... Okay, time out. Let's for one second talk about what body dysmorphia is, just in, mm-hmm. in a context, okay? We've done this in other episodes, and we are going to have an episode specifically about body dysmorphia because it is a mental illness. But just for one second, for the context of this episode, let's talk about what body dysmorphia is. Contextually, body dysmorphia is a mental disorder that allows you to see yourself in a way that does not exist. However, the way that that is is 900% of the time negative. You see yourself as fat. You see yourself as ugly. You see something that isn't there because you're insecure about it. That is dysmorphia. That is body dysmorphia. So really, you're already seeing something that is not real for the state that you're in, and then you add filters on top of it. So not only is your dysmorphia already happening in your brain, your brain is adding a filter to it, but then you see image production that is filtered and now you're just dysmorphia plus filters and you're so fucked then the concept of what reality looks like is completely skewed and that's not in every context of the word for reality right this is specifically about imagery and also people's conceptualization of themselves so i don't mean it in the sense of these people are fucking delusional and yet sometimes when they're talking about their own bodies or their own face or whatever they are in fact delusional because they're seeing things that are not real. 
Yep, exactly. Thank you for allowing me the space to just really define that for our listeners in this episode. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. So according to research done in 2017 from the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeons, 55% of surgeons saw patients who wanted surgery to help them look better in selfies, up from 42% in 2017. Whoa. People are literally asking for surgery to look better in selfies. That's incredibly sad to me. So sad. So sad. So sad. So fucking heartbreaking sad. But to me, from my perspective, that's no different than using a filter. You're not wrong. Oh my God, you're so not wrong. The difference is one is actually causing you physical harm. The other is causing you mental and emotional harm. If you get to that point, okay, I use filters, right? We've already said that. Mm -hmm. Do I want to change my face? Sure. Do I want to change my face for the sake of filters? No. Or for the sake of a selfie? No, that's not what I'm about. So in a moment where I'm taking a picture to feel good about myself, sure, I'll throw on the filter, right? I'll throw on the absolutely free in my hand plastic surgery because it is going to make me feel good about this picture. But I'm not over here hating my face for existing. I'm not wearing makeup right now. I have a fucking zit on my nose. Am I mad about it? No. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's a healthy way to use it. And I'm not even saying I use it the healthiest way because I put filters on all of my pictures. Mm. Again, even if that's just for the color tone. But there's a healthy way to use it and a fun, quote unquote, I'm going to say fun way to use it. And then there's this really damaging way to use it like you're talking about. And I think that that's so important. But really recognizing there is a difference. No matter if you're using a filter or you're getting the fucking surgery so that you don't have to use a filter, which let's be real, you're going to anyway. Let's recognize one is hurting you physically. The other is honestly, even in those fun moments, hurting you mentally and emotionally because you're telling yourself you're not good enough as you are for this picture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big call out that we'll dig into later on is when you're using the filter, you're telling yourself you're not good enough. Right. They also found that 56% of surgeons saw an increase of clients under the age of 30. Oh my God, that's heartbreaking. Oh my God, because really seriously, faces under 30 are still honestly so young, so Mm -hmm. young in the spectrum of life. We talk about that a lot, but seriously, you guys, I don't know why people don't talk about the fucking spectrum of life more often. Yeah, I agreed. British fashion photographer Rankin created a series titled Selfie Harm in which he took portraits of 15 teenagers and asked them to edit the pictures to make them more social media friendly. Not a single photo was untouched. Here's a quote from Rankin. These filters are something very new and, in my opinion, a lot more dangerous. Rankin added, What's even scarier is there's little or no debate happening around this. Something like Photoshop, which is a much more complex and inaccessible program, is actually a huge part of a social ethical discussion. So this is a very good point. There's been a lot of conversation lately around photoshopping of major celebrities Mm -hmm. in magazines and such or um, major articles, but there is no discussion about these filters. There's a no filter hashtag that's used. That's not a no filter hashtag. Yeah. It's not. You know what's on the no filter hashtag? Fucking scenery. Mm Mm-hmm sunsets that's the shit that's on no filter hashtags and then 90 percent of the people who tag no filter those people have a fucking filter on their picture it's just a lie it's just a propaganda it's just a way to bring the picture forward in a in a fucking world that we live in that everything is controlled by hyperlinks yeah and there is a lot of there's a lot of moral issues to me within stuff like this. It's very harmful, especially to our children. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to be talked about. And actually, I want to show you this um, 
this project he did because I think it's going to hit you because of Tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I want it to hit you, but you no, know No, but I mean? I, as you said that, I really recognized when I take selfies of her and I together, I have a filter on. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, I have a filter on everything. Yeah. You guys, I need you to hear me say because I'm I'm honest and I'm being honest with you. Sometimes I just like the lighting mm-hmm. it brings, but it, that doesn't mean it's not a filter. Yep. That doesn't mean that's not the real moment, right? So then am I doing damage to her in those moments when I take these pictures of us celebrating her and I, but they have a filter on it because I like the color better? So now I'm going to look at this and you guys are going to hear my reaction to looking at the study, the selfie harm study, but please know that that's in my head. Like, am I hurting my kid by taking these types of selfies with her in the long run as it relates to her own potential dysmorphia? Like, am I doing that? Are we as parents fucking doing that to our children? Yeah, I get what you're saying oh my god this first girl i'm just looking at the first girl holy shit she looks like a completely different human being oh my god okay and also to be fair all of these people are beautiful yes my god like this girl Mm -hmm. i would kill to have her normal fucking face Mm -hmm. oh my god okay i really am baffled by this this is super disturbing actually just in the sense of truly dysmorphic view but if you think about it if you saw any of the second photos posted on i wouldn't think about it nope not even close not even for a second would i think about it Mm -mm. yeah and it's it's so common that we don't even it doesn't even register as those proportions probably aren't accurate or why does everybody look like they came from a factory that's real that's real like all of these girls okay the the study had girls in it but all of these girls have the same face at the end and yet they're entirely different faces but they're not they're the same exact structure of cheekbone it's the same cut it's the same angles it's the same brightening of eyes some had a mascara some didn't but like they all ended up looking the same Mm -hmm. why now one thing that Rankin did note is that some of the participants did like their original photo better okay that's important. But they still thought they weren't... They weren't, like, media ready. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a huge fucking call out. That's a huge fuck. That is the call out, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Because, seriously, I like my face. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I would get a nose job if I could. But that's just because my nose is crooked because it's been broken so many times. But I would get a nose job. This is me being super open and honest about that. But I like my face. Yeah. I do not put my face on any social media. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like my face is good enough for that. So that is the call out. This is me acknowledging that's fucking real. And I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah. And it's such a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. So on that note, I have what I thought was a really amazing article by Christy Gargano on the evergreencounseling.co site. And I loved this quote. As innocent and fun as these filters may seem, they are sending a message that we are more attractive when the amazingly unique features given to us at birth are modified. Mm, I'm only interpreting that quote in this context as it relates to filters because I recognize if people want body modifications, they should have the right to do that and not feel bad about it. So I'm... Yes, agreed. Okay, so I love the quote 
in the context of filters though yes okay i hated an actual body modification because fuck anybody who's gonna make anybody else feel guilty for wanting to live their best life and feel good in their own skin but in this context i completely agree it is so important what you just said everything because truly the difference is when you do an actual body modification that's permanent that's Mm -hmm. you're committing to that this is how you look now right but in these filters it's not in these filters you are lying while the flash is going off you are lying while you're posting it you're lying to yourself and everybody who sees it and again you guys i'm admitting i do this i'm admitting i'm this person i'm admitting that this happens so i'm not even saying that you should feel bad about that i'm just saying we have to recognize it as what it is in order to decide is this really what's good for us or is this really what's not good for us and that's on an individual level all fucking day Yep, agreed. So she has this little quiz. Take this mini quiz to find out if social media filters are impacting your self-esteem and body image negatively. Are we going to do the quiz? Are you going to do the quiz on me? I don't use filters. Yes. Oh, Can we do the quiz, but you do the quiz on me? Yes. Let's do that. That was the intent. I am so excited about your intent. Sorry for misunderstanding your question. It's fine. Our telepathy clearly disconnected right there, but still present because I understood what you were doing. One, do I mostly post photos of myself with filters on them? Please see the last 20 minutes of this episode. Two, what is my intention behind using this filter? Is it because I'm not feeling, quote, good enough, pretty enough, or am I uncomfortable in some way about how I look naturally? All of the above. Three, does using this filter make me feel worse about how I look without the filter? No. Four, am I hoping or wanting to gain more likes or positive comments by posting this filtered image? Yes. Answering yes to any or all of these may be an indication that continuous use of filters is impacting you negatively. Ultimately, everything is about finding balance. I'm not saying never use face-enhancing filters if you're feeling down about yourself. What I would simply encourage is you come back to the question, what is my intention? We have to set limits on things and watch out for extremes. Not going from the extreme of always using filters to the extreme of never using them, for instance. We have to create space for self-exploration and creativity and how we build ourselves up. In addition to the explorative questions above, there are ways we can mindfully and creatively build our self-esteem and self-worth. Three ways to counteract the potential negative impact of social media filters. 1. Find one thing about yourself that you like and value. Think positive things about that. Do this often and do this every day at least once, no matter how weird or difficult it may seem. Journal about it, put it on sticky notes and place them around your personal living space, or write that amazing affirmation on your mirror and lipstick or special markers from windows and mirrors uh fuck special markers for windows and mirrors get some fucking dry erase board markers they work just fine i do this i write everything on my mirror i'm not even kidding if you go upstairs right now you will see a note that says you put your contacts in the wrong eyes last night and and you flipped them you put them away correctly so if they feel weird in the morning flip them back i have a note that says that on my mirror i'm not even kidding because i put my contacts in the wrong eyes all the time because i'm special but i think that that's so important and i really recognize the value of those notes and also like shout out to our self-love episode if Mm -hmm. you're if you're listening to this episode and you're like fuck i do that you've got some self-love issues and you got to go back and listen to our self-love episode i promise please just go listen love you agreed two practice taking one filterless picture of yourself and be okay with that we tend to take several pictures even selfies when we are looking right at us and try to find the perfect angle want to know a secret perfect isn't a thing I love that secret. And also, can I tell you the first time? I took a picture the other day. Um, 
and it was something that I had posted too. And it it did have a filter on it. It had a color filter on it just because I didn't like the lighting in the bathroom, but it didn't have anything else on it. It was one of the ones that like, you might not know this, but on Snapchat, after you take a picture, you can throw color on it. So that's what I did. So the picture does not have a filter or my face does not have a filter. The picture itself does. So also call out, there are different types of filters. I'm sure everybody knows that, but really let's let's say that. So I posted it and I recognized that I took that picture on the first shot and it came out cute and it's silly and it's sweet and whatever. And it wasn't a, it wasn't meant to be a beautiful picture. It was just meant to be a picture of me. And I was like, holy shit, I took a selfie on the first fucking go and I was super happy with it. That was a really cool experience for me that I didn't waste fucking seven minutes of my life trying minute differences in my hand placement to get my face. Like just, just snap it and go. Like it feels so cool. Mm-hmm. Three. Pick one friend who builds you up in some way and take time to acknowledge how he, she, they impact your life positively. My newest obsession is sending snail mail and guess how that started. My friend who supports me and builds me up sends me cards. When we find someone who builds us up, we in turn tend to reciprocate in our own way. Side note, you can pick more than one friend. I just like the pattern of one. You're my one friend. That's a lie. Shout out to Cal. (laughs) That was a really quick, like, 180. No, that's a lie. I have so many people in my life who do this for me, but like when I was really thinking about it at first, like, yeah, you're my friend. You're my friend for sure. I love you also. Thank you. Also, shout out to Cal. Shout out to Cal. So that was all I had as far as research, but I do have questions. I thought that that research was really cool and super fucked up, but like really cool. You did amazing with that. Thank you for teaching me all of that. I loved it. Yeah, of course. So my first question and one that you brought up earlier is what message are we sending our kids? Because I have always known that you use filters on all of your pictures, like you said earlier, even the ones you send of you and Tiny. And the reason I can tell is because you both look like you have eyeliner on. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not real. And I think it is an important call out that not necessarily even in that aspect, because you're not doing it intentionally, but to tell our kids that, oh, and these apps also have these filters built into them. So if you want to change how you look for your friends to make yourselves look better, you can do that. It's wrong. And there's nothing being innately taught in school or in the house generally about self-perception. Yeah, about why it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So. So I really hear your question and I'm really asking myself the same question because I recognize when I'm taking a picture of us and I have a filter on it, it's not for her. It's not for her at all. She's beautiful exactly the way she is. And when I take pictures of just her, I never put filters on them ever because I want to know her face exactly the way that it is because she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I tell her that all the time. I constantly tell her that. I make sure she knows that I think that. I make sure that she recognizes her beauty and that's not in a conceited way. I don't do it to make her a narcissist. I'm doing it because I know that she's going to grow up in a world that hates her for how fucking beautiful she is because she is. So I tell her constantly of that. But then am I contradicting that when I take pictures of us with a filter? When I take pictures of her and I with a filter? Is that me teaching her that I don't love my face the way that I love her face? Yeah, exactly. Saying that she's beautiful enough, but you don't love yourself. Exactly. 
that that's a really big deal to me. And I didn't even realize the damage that I'm doing in that situation. And I'm not saying damage is in like a neglectful or I am wrong for doing it this way. I just recognize like that is creating to a degree a damaging experience for both her and I in that moment. And what you said earlier about balance. Mm -hmm. about finding a balance like that's so important because I really recognize we do have pictures of our faces that are not photoshopped right or the pictures of us that are photoshopped but it's still our faces right they're not filtered and I think that that's really a differentiation that I'm coming to in this exact second there is a difference between photoshop and filter that doesn't mean though that in photoshop you can't create a filter for your face Mm -hmm. so in this context specifically when i say photoshop i'm using it in a very positive context because i mean it in the sense of photo editing when i say filter i'm specifically talking about our faces and i mean it in a negative context because that's what we're talking about right now so dear listeners as i have this mental exploratory thing and you get to hear my mental journey to answer this question Those are the contexts that I'm using them in. So I really recognize like we have pictures of us and just our faces that are photoshopped and she gets to see how beautiful we are and how our faces really look, right? But how often do I take those pictures with her? We get those pictures done every year, right? That's that's our birthday thing. That's how we celebrate her birthday. So once a year, she gets a picture of what we really look like. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. That's not a fair reminder of what we look like. And it's not the same as looking in the mirror. So really, if I think about that application to the concept that I am showing tiny our real faces once a year, because every other time that she sees her face is through a picture with a filter on it, am I really hurting the way she sees her beautiful self? I have a question to your fucking question. That was your question and I don't have an answer because now I just feel like I don't want anybody to hear me say that I feel like a bad mom or anything like that. I don't feel like that. I'm just recognizing, I'm just recognizing the damage that I'm doing to my daughter as I take pictures of my daughter and I in those moments because I'm not comfortable enough with my face to just take them. That wasn't my intent by any means. No, I know it wasn't, but I appreciate that that's what it was. I know it wasn't your intent, but... I really appreciate you challenging me on it in just asking the question. I really appreciate you throwing it out there because I know I'm not the only parent right now who's having that conversation with themselves in their head. Yeah. That's important. And that's the entire purpose of our show. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the space to think through that. Thank you for allowing me to not answer your question, but still considering that my answer. Like I don't, that's a really fucking big deal. And honestly, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want that. So I'm now going to take pictures of her and I without a filter on them to show her that her and I are beautiful together. Mm -hmm. I am not confident or comfortable enough to say that I will do that for myself in a space of sharing the photo. I'm I'm not to that. I'm not committing to that. But for her and I, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no reason. There's no reason that she needs a filter on her beautiful face. And if she doesn't, I don't. Yeah. So there's that. Did that answer your question? Did that part answer your question? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) I did it. Look, I did it. I work here. It's fine. So one of the things I just kind of wanted to say earlier, we discussed how people are getting surgery to look more like their Instagram. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily Instagram, but to look more like their filtered version. Yeah, exactly. To look more like their filtered pictures. I just wanted to say, I'm not saying don't get it. 
do what makes you happy, but really question, would you have gotten it if you didn't know about these filters, Mm -hmm. if you didn't have these things to compare yourself to? Mm -hmm. Because really, the comparison is the thief of joy. Without question. That's a fantastic statement that you just made. It's a quote. Fantastic quote you just made. Can't remember who it's originally by. Why the fuck would you tell me if it it was a quote if you don't remember who you're quoting so that I could just give you credit for the fantastic fucking statement that you made? Because it's a really common quote that I should know who it's by. (laughs) Okay, so moving on from that though, because now I'm mad that I gave you a compliment and you downed it with a quote that you didn't know. (sighs) That's annoying to me. Uh (laughs) You guys, let's go back for a second to the fact that I want a nose job, okay? Am I ever going to get a nose job? Probably not. Like, I don't hate my nose that much that I would be like, oh my God, I must do this the next time I get a tax return. That's not my thing. Would it be cool? Sure. If I had the money in my hand, yep. If I had a doctor I trusted, definitely. But what I recognize is the fact that my nose is the way that it is, is not changed when I put on a filter. My nose is still crooked, even in the pictures with the filter. So yes, I would change that regardless of the filter. But let's use my jaw, for example. I love my jaw. I have a great jaw. I have a very feminine jaw. It works on my face. I love it, okay? But I recognize in filtered pictures, my jaw is a lot more accentuated. I'm here for it. I'm totally fine with that. I love it. It makes what I have just that much more pronounced. Do I need a surgery to make my already very beautiful jawline that much more beautiful? No, I don't. No, I don't. The filter only adds that for me in that moment. But in real life, do I need to look like that? I don't. I don't. If that's something that you want, go for it. But really make sure that, like Allie said, you're doing it for the right reason. Because, hear me say this, body mods don't always end up the way that you want them to be. They're not perfect. Shit can go wrong. You can have a trash doctor. There's all kinds of fucking things that could end up really seriously fucking your life over so much more than if you really asked yourself the question of, am I okay with my face like this outside of filters? Because seriously, if you just want your jaw to be that cleaned up, take the fucking picture with the filter. Just do it then. If that's how you need to see yourself, then just do that. Don't get the surgery. But really, we are pro body mod if it is what you need to do to love yourself to the fullest. We will always support you in that. I would really recommend therapy first, though. Oh, yeah. Without question. I'm sorry I wasn't trying to down on the therapy aspect of that at all. I just meant in the very uh, small context that we were talking about because I was worked up about it. So one point that we kind of touched on earlier is we're used to at this point really everything else being photoshopped that we see that is sold to us. What we aren't used to is everyday social media posts like influencers, celebrity Instagrams, our friends and family. It's not in our brains yet that a lot of that is manufactured and not real and touched up to some degree. So we're used to advertising and knowing a lot of it's not Mm -hmm. real, but we're not used to every day Mm -hmm. not being real. And I think that we need to be alerted to that fact. I completely agree. And as someone who's in the dating pool, something that I see all the time is, especially men do this, and I know that this point is coming and we're going to talk about this, so I'm not jumping ahead, I'm not derailing, I'm just saying, in the dating pool specifically, men have on their profiles all the time, I will not swipe on women with filters. Okay, bro, cool. Don't then, I'm not judging you. One, don't call it out because 
you're just a fucking asshole at that point. Let people put up what they're going to put up. Who cares? If you don't like it, keep swiping. But also, it's not realistic at all for a man to say, I'm not going to swipe on a woman with a filter. Like, the puppy ear one is super common on Tinder. I don't know why. And actually, any dating site, but it doesn't... I'm just said Tinder. Shout out to Tinder. Still, please sponsor us because I use you as a platform all the time. But, like, I get it. You're not interested in talking to a girl who presents herself with puppy ears and a tongue sticking out face filter. Totally get that, right? Move on then. Cool. But me, right? I don't look that far from the picture that I presented with my filter. So when I show up, if you're surprised that I don't look exactly like the picture on my profile, you're fucked. That's your problem, not mine. Because I'm not that different. I don't have puppy ears and a giant fucking tongue. I'm not that different. The lighting was cool and my skin was flawless. Grow the fuck up and have that expectation in the real world because it's there. It is in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just saying men do this. I'm saying everybody does this. But from my experience and the, the example I could articulate, it is men to me. I'm a woman and women in general. But everybody does this. And I do think that you're right. I think it's super important that we recognize that up front and we have those conversations with ourselves, with the people around us, with our children, to really separate the difference between the quote-unquote fantasy and reality. Because truly, that's what filters are. It's a fantasy of how you look, right? I mean, that's really crazy to think about. And I don't, again, mean it in like a made-up way. I don't mean it in like a Harry Potter way. I just mean it in the sense of it's obviously not real. Mm -hmm. It's just not. You know what I mean? And here's the other thing that I want to throw out there because I, I don't think that this is all bad and it's really important and I this thought just occurred to me and I want to say this. As someone who struggles with self-love and as someone who struggles with her face being just her face, right? Like, hello, welcome to now at this point, lots of minutes of me saying that. I recognize when I take a picture with a snatched ass filter, that's what I tell myself I look like. Like in that moment when that picture is fucking beautiful, I tell myself I'm fucking beautiful. And that gets me through until the next time I don't feel as good about myself. And I can either use that picture as a reference of like, you are fucking beautiful and it's a good confidence boost or like okay, this picture doesn't do it for me anymore. I need to do it again, right? So it's kind of like a re-up. Am I saying that that's healthy? No, because I need to be able to recognize that my face is beautiful and feel that way by myself, right? I completely recognize that. But at the same time, I recognize I'm just not there yet. So the filtered selfie to a degree is sort of my crutch on how I get through. That picture that I sent you the other day or that I sent you and Melissa the other day where for our anime talk animations and you were like, that's a fucking beautiful picture. Stunning. It is. I'm so proud of that picture. I'm so proud of my makeup. I'm so proud of my outfit. I loved that day. That was my baddest bitch of life day. I go back to that picture because it makes me feel that again. And that's beautiful, right? So I don't want anybody to hear us say that this thing, this concept, this version of reality is all bad because it's just not. We, however, as a society, don't look at it that way, the way that I just explained it on a macro level. So for that reason, all of everything else that we have said about this to this point is completely valid and it's not healthy. I think to a degree, though, like you said, it's a crutch. Yes. And we're not giving ourselves the chance to love ourselves without it. Agreed. That picture, for example, 
did you try taking it without a filter? I guarantee you, you were just as stunning. I don't believe you though. I know, but that's my point. You rely so much on that filter and that perception of who you are with it that you don't believe in your beauty without it anymore. That's true. However, let me say this though. Let me say this though. Because of that picture, Mm -hmm. and I went out after that picture, right? In my mind, even without the filter, everywhere we went, I knew how fucking badass I looked. I knew how fucking good I looked, right? I knew it because the crutch, the crutch that I used, I'm admitting a crutch, okay? And I'm not in any way saying you're wrong. And yes, I should have just appreciated my beauty in that night for what it was, okay? But that's not what happened. So let's talk about what did. Every time somebody told me how beautiful I looked that night or any time I was in the bathroom mirror or whatever, again, because I don't use filters that are quote unquote that drastically different, the way I saw myself the rest of the night was that exact same picture. It was the filtered version. So what that did for my confidence throughout the whole night was fucking incredible. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just wish that you could see that without needing to add to it. And I wish that too, okay? I do wish that too. And I want to get there. I am trying to get there. But for anybody else who's like me or who is going to go through this selfie detox, right? Which is basically what we're talking about in this exact second. I want everybody to hear me say like, yes, it's not healthy. Yes, it's an addiction. Yes, you're beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. But also, moderation is important. And if you need to use that crutch of a filter to remind yourself that you are a badass and you're fucking beautiful or you're gorgeous or you're handsome or whatever the fucking word it is that you want to feel in that moment, do it. Use it. But then, to your point, yes, take the picture without it. Appreciate your face without it. Just love yourself without it. Like, do both. Or do do one one day and do one the next day. Like, shake it up try and and eliminate the crutch is the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Really? I just think that it's important we present it that way too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next point. So what's the solution? Let's talk about that. Warning labels don't do jack shit. Nope. Banning it's dumb. Dumb. We need to teach our kids how to spot it. Without question. But that's becoming even harder. Definitely. Look at deep fakes. A what? A deep fake. I've never heard that term before. Really? No. It's like videos where you... You can't even tell that they're not real. It's, I can't even think of. You're some like really bringing ones. hush hush vibes to this conversation right now, and I'm not feeling very comfortable with it. Well, this would be a really great hush hush topic, actually, but they're not conspiracies; they're real things. Oh my god, we should have hush hush on the show and talk about this, though, or at least one of them. There we go, slotted, done. Yeah, so I don't really know with how hard things are becoming to spot how that's even a possibility or where we go with mm-hmm. it. Right. And I also question like as the algorithms evolve, as technology evolves, like what happens if we have like fucking filtered holograms in the future? Mm-hmm. What if we can create the way that our hologram, I mean, that sounds so Star Trek, but seriously, holograms are going to be a thing in the future. They already are. They already are. So really, are we going to be able to contour our hologram? Are we going to be able to create our hologram to look the way that the filter looks? Like, like how will that work? What will that do to our self-image as a human species as we move forward? Like, really, seriously, those are the questions that have to be asked as we talk about filters and, and their evolution. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any solutions. 
I don't either. I don't either. I think that's a lie. I do have the solution. The solution is tell your children they're beautiful without the filters. Compliment your children on what they look like. Teach your children how to compliment other people in real life, not just behind a keyboard. Those are the things that we do to help. It's never going to eliminate, but seriously, at least fight a good fight against this because it's coming. And, mm-hmm. and teaching our children the difference between that reality and that perception, that is the only way that we can fight back against this. Yeah. So that's the solution. So I just wanted to call out some brands and influencers and such that are in the battle against filters. One that pretty much everybody knows is Aerie. I love Aerie. Yeah. Obviously, they use models that don't have filters or, as far as I'm aware, much, if any, photo editing it, again, it's probably much like you do in your photo editing, lighting and whatever, but mm-hmm. it's not anything against the model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's really important. Karina, I believe pronunciation of her last name is Irby. I'm so sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong and you for some crazy reason happened to listen to this episode. But we love you, Karina. She has an amazing swimmer line and her Instagram is excellent to follow if you need to see some body positivity and and an overall amazing physique. Sam Ravendell, we've called her out before. Love Sam. Diva Cup, my girl. Yes, thank you for all you do. She is an amazing makeup artist and um, influencer that has struggles with acne and is not afraid to bear all on it. And then there is a Reddit subreddit called Instagram versus reality that if you need really a reality check, just go there and look and realize the amount of editing that goes into all the celebrities and most of the influencers that you see on your social media platforms. It is huge and it was a huge wake up call for me personally to see just the real people and real faces that show up on that thread. Also, what I just want to call out, this thought just occurred to me, and I don't even know why, but now I I recognize it's important to say. Just so everybody knows, Photoshop and filters and all of that shit can be used to make somebody look just as ugly as it is being used to make them look beautiful. Oh yeah, definitely. So I, I really recognize a few months ago, there was a lot circulating on the internet about some Pizzagate shit and some... um all kinds of stuff that I'm really not going to get into. But seriously, like they had pictures after picture after picture of celebrities who looked like shit since COVID because they were missing their secret Pizzagate formula or whatever. Am I saying that that's real? Am I saying that those people really looked like that? Maybe. Or maybe it was just a picture of them without a filter. Or maybe it was a picture of them with the fucking filter and the Photoshop to make them look fucking terrible to spin the story that was being presented. Mm -hmm. So... Just as much as we are talking about this in a beauty perspective, please nobody be ignorant enough to think that this is not used to do damage to people also. Yeah, definitely. So that was my, that was my call out there. So that was really all I had. I loved this. I loved this entire episode. This was so cool and I really learned so much here and this was such an abstract episode that I think like I'm fucking here for it. This is cool as fuck. What did you learn here today? Uh, all kinds of things, actually. Um, but I think that the thing that I learned the most is really like on a personal level, how I'm going to approach taking pictures with Tiny in the future mm-hmm. and taking pictures more often 
of just us without a filter and just capturing the moment of just us without a filter. I think that that's important. And that's really what I learned here. I mean, I learned everything. Everything was so fucking amazing. But like, really, if I have to sit with what I learned, I learned I have a lot more to do as a mom. I learned that I have a flaw that I need to address, which is that I don't love my face enough to just see it without the filter. And honestly, the only reason that I'm really challenging that, because I'm okay with it for myself, but the reason I'm challenging it is because I'm not okay with it for her. If she ever told me what I have just communicated to you and her feelings about her face, I'd be pissed as fuck. I'd be so sad. I would probably yell at her about how fucking beautiful she is. Like, I'd be mean about it and also be complimenting her the whole time because (laughs) I would be so upset that, like, her beautiful face, mm, that she didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. That would just rock me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just have a lot. And she's little, so right now it's not the same. But what if I'm conditioning this teenage monster to hate her fucking face? Mm -hmm. I just don't want to do that. So that's really what I took away from this. What did you learn here today? Obviously, I knew that it was a huge social impact currently, Mm -hmm. but I don't use Snapchat or Insta or anything the way most people use it. So I haven't truly seen the impact. So reading those statistics and learning that people are getting surgery to look like... Yeah, that blew my fucking mind. Yeah, to look like their filters. That's that's just heart-wrenching to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just... I hate that society is the way it is i just struggle a lot with it i struggle that there's so much pressure on looks and beauty and i love and hate social media Mm -hmm. tremendously i agree agree. honestly if it weren't for the show i would not have any social media Mm -hmm. but on the same coin i recognize how powerful and important and necessary social media is for the show right so truly it is the definition of a necessary evil And yet I I myself, I'm going to admit this, I don't use it in the way that I tell myself I have it for. Like I have it, so I might as well fuck around with it. You know what I mean? I might as well use it the same way everybody else uses it because I have it. I can't get rid of it. So kind of like indulging in the necessary evil to an extent. But seriously, I don't use any of my social medias the way that I used to. I don't use my social media as a diary anymore. I don't use it as my scrapbook anymore. I don't use it as my photo album anymore. I just don't. I use my socials specifically for us. And in that, sometimes that means I post a selfie of me looking hot girl because I want people to click on us. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But what really like, I recognize the core of what you're saying is if you don't have a ton of exposure to social media or even if you do, you don't have to use it to that context to hurt yourself. Like you don't have to. It's just something that is very easy to do and we need to be aware of it so that we can avoid it consciously. Yeah. So dear listeners, I hope that you took from this episode that really... You're fucking beautiful. Yeah. You don't need to conform to anybody else's perception of beauty and a filter doesn't make you any more beautiful than you already are Mm -mm, mm -mm. it's just some extra seasoning to it's honestly not different it is different but i don't look at it differently than putting on makeup right or or for men for having facial hair like fancy cool facial hair right like it's just a distraction from the person looking back at you in the mirror Mm -hmm. is that good sometimes definitely when i wear my makeup and it looks like fucking bomb i feel like i could take on the fucking world and i deserve that right i do but i deserve to feel that way barefaced also 
Yeah. And filter is not different. Filter is makeup on top of makeup. Really, that's what it. That's how we need to look at it, right? So if you want to put on your makeup and then add a filter, do it. But you don't need to, just like you don't need to wear makeup. Those are accessories, not a way of life. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really absolutely loved all of this episode. I feel like this was very philosophical. I feel like this was very enlightening for me specifically. I really, really appreciate everything that you brought to the table today. Even if this hadn't been an episode, even if this was just you telling me this and this was just a conversation that you and I had, I'm fucking here for it. I love this. You did amazing. I want you to hear me say that. Thanks. You're welcome. Listeners, if you also feel like Allie did amazing, which she did. You are welcome to share this episode or any of our other episodes for that matter. We have a lot of really great topics. Um, I completely forgot that we did our body positivity episode. So huge shout out to body positivity. If you liked this episode and you liked the us complimenting you shamelessly because we will always fucking do that. Go check out our body positivity episode. It's super, super important. It's less about the face and more about the physical. So go listen. If you have any interest in reaching us on any of the socials that we've already said we only have for the sake of this fucking podcast, you may find us on Twitter at taboos the pod. It's the same on Instagram. We are just taboos on Facebook. It's a group. I think that this is the last week that we're going to let the page be alive. So if you're on the page, make sure you jump ship and go find the group. Um, We are also available via email. If you have any taboo topics that you'd like to cover or if you're interested in having a taboo conversation with us, you can shoot us an email at taboospodcast at gmail.com. We also have a new website, which is super beautiful and Allie did an amazing job on that's also taboospodcast.com so we are all over the place you can find us wherever we are we're all mainstream platforms streaming platforms platforms streaming things are and i am gonna leave that at that because i definitely fucked that part up i was doing so good and now i'm super sad also our website is taboosthepod.com i forgot about the squatter at taboospodcast.com yep Fuck that squatter. Fucking squatters. On that note, though, before we sign off, guys, I did want to just give you a quote that made me feel good and I thought was appropriate for this episode. I love feel good quotes. It's from Bobby Brown. (gasps) I love Bobby Brown. And it is as such. How I feel about myself is more important than I look. Feeling confident, being comfortable in your skin. That's what being beautiful is really about. Hmm. And on that note, dear listeners, do you be taboos. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.